thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to The Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name is Lawrence and I'm joined by... This is Dan. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome. We did just try that intro, but I uh, I sometimes get confused and I started to do an introduction to a podcast that I've not recorded in about five years. Uh, about that. So that's a good start. But here we yeah. are. How are you today? I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right. I'm better now that it's not as hot outside. Um, it's been a little bit unbearable again, hasn't it? It has. We've had a bit of a mini heat wave, and it's still hot here. But yeah, um, I think we've got thunder uh, forecast, and we've also had some rain. So I think it's going to get a bit stormy to overcompensate for the heat. Have you been doing the thunder dance? Yes. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure. That's, I'm sure, that's really nice. Bet the people of Lancaster like that. Bet they like that a lot. They appreciate they it. They all do it. That's right. They all do it. So today we're um, we're going back to the uh, the fighting genre in the list. So this week we're going to be discussing a very very high game as it happens. It's actually number four in the top one hundred. So it's uh, it's right up there. Today we're discussing Soul Calibur, which was released in nineteen ninety nine by Namco. It's got a meta score of ninety eight percent, and like we say, it's number four on the list. So this is pretty high up there. Um, so I, I suppose jumping jumping right into it, what's your history with this game? Um, absolutely nothing except just being familiar with it. Um, I think I'm more familiar with Soul Calibur 2, which released on the PS2, Xbox and GameCube. And the thing that I always remember about that title, apart from being a very attractive game and also scoring very highly... Um, was the fact that you had characters from each of the uh, different consoles. So you had, I think it was the Hihachi on the PS2, you had Link on the GameCube, and I have no idea who you had on the Xbox. Probably Um, Master Chief or something. uh, I don't think it was Master Chief. I was going to say, I'm guessing it wasn't Master Chief. Um, But yeah, it was was memorable for that reason. Um, But yeah... So that that's kind of and I'm not sure if um, the series is still ongoing. I know that the series also has um, it is. links to the uh, Ninja Gaiden series, and there are a lot of um, backwards and forwards that you can make between those two series of games. But yeah, that that's that's really about it. Um, how about you? Yeah, the the series is still ongoing. I think it's um it's just about to come out or it came out relatively recently i think it's soul caliber 6 i believe um wow so I, th- I think it is still ongoing um uh, but my my experience is pretty much exactly the same as yours however you've somewhat answered the question for me because i was going to say i played an unknown soul caliber game on the gamecube but it sounds like i played soul caliber 2 and that was yeah that was just at a friend's house uh, when i was maybe about 13 he had a gamecube and i didn't and we played a bit of soul caliber 2 and I remember thinking that it was all right, but other than that, never played it. Don't know anything about the series really, other than 
it was very high on the list in terms of the first game and that I don't believe Namco ever managed to, to capture that, that lightning in a bottle that they did with um, with Soul Calibur 1 again. So, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting one. So in, in terms of this being the first time that you played this game, this was uh, this game was released as a a release game with the Dream Dreamcast, one of the um, okay a launch title. Yeah, launch title. That's the word I'm looking for, um, and I believe that's where you played it, isn't it? It is, and just to add that the uh, the Xbox character was a character called Spawn. Um, I don't even know what franchise that is from. <laughs> so, Spawn. Yeah. No, I don't know either. He, yeah, so I've got I've got the thing up in front of me, but yeah, I've not properly read it. But Spawn is is the character. Um, yeah, I played it on the Dreamcast. So uh, this was one of the funny ones. We we get this sometimes with the list. We get games that, for whatever reason, are uh, limited to the console of their release, or they've had obscure versions. So this is a funny one in that it was released. It was re-released on the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. Um, alongside Soul Calibur 2 and um, for some reason those versions of the game were delisted um, not too long ago I don't think so the only way uh, at this present time that you can play Soul Calibur is to play it on the Dreamcast or I suppose you could emulate it Um, so yeah I played it on the Dreamcast and I think it's the second game I've played on the Dreamcast since starting the list, the first was, was Tony, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, yeah, um, which was a fun experience on the Dreamcast as well. Uh, I like the Dreamcast. It's a, it's an underrated little console, I think. Um, yeah, so it was nice to boot that back up. I know you had a vastly different experience, so would you like to elaborate? Yeah, we we've mentioned on this podcast a couple of times that some sometimes games are quite hard to get hard of, uh, get hard of get hold of, and I've mentioned before that I've never owned a Dreamcast and it's one of those consoles that I've always wanted to get, but I've never actually taken the plunge to actually get one because I don't really see the point in spending the money on something that I'm probably rarely ever going to use. I know that used secondhand GameCube games are quite expensive these days. It's become a bit of a collector's item. So I, I don't have a, a Dreamcast, and that is the only console that this game was released on, uh, other than the Xbox Arcade version, but that is also now delisted. So the only option for me to play this game, which was in a very limited capacity, unfortunately, was by downloading a demo of Soul Calibur on my Xbox 360, which wasn't working because I think it was just really hot or something. I've not turned it on in about a year and playing it that way. So the only way that I could play Soul Calibur for this list was playing a free demo for the game, which came out prior to the release in 1999. So my experience playing this game is vastly inferior to yours because you played the full game and I played a a, a mode where I could literally do like one fight um so so what so what what did your demo entail for the listener arcade like that that was uh that that, that was it so I, I could do an arcade fight with um i think the guy's name is is it killick yeah yeah the the guy with the the pole um and that was literally it i mean it was still the game 
but it was just very limited as to what I could do after that arcade fight. Um, yeah. And I know that there are different elements to this game as well, such as like missions, uh, single player, story, kind of. And there's a lot of elements to this game which obviously was was blocked off to me. But it does go to show. I'm a big proponent of. I've got quite a well, relatively big collection of games, but they're primarily um, games kind of from. I've got quite a few PS1 games, a few N64 games, one Sega Mega Drive game, and the rest are like PS2, Xbox, GameCube, and up. So PS2, PS3, PS4, PS5, and Xbox One, 360, blah, blah, blah. And. As we move towards more of a a digital world in terms of purchasing games, which, to be fair, I do a lot of these days just for convenience. I tend to just buy my games off the PlayStation Store, Xbox Store, and download them. It does go to show that you do own those games, but not, not forever. Um, you know, at any point, they could close down the, the PlayStation Store, which I know that they, they tried to do with the, the PS3 Store a while ago. And at that point, if you don't have those games downloaded on your console, you just lose them. And it's why I'm a big believer in having hard copies of your of your media for films, games, because at some point they will disappear. They'll stop supporting them. You won't be able to purchase them on online stores anymore. And Soul Calibur is a very good, you know, um, is a is very good example of that because you just can't really play this game anymore unless you've got a physical copy um so yeah that that kind of sucks but um yeah i mean what are your thoughts on that with with physical media and digital media yeah you know that i'm um i collect games um i've got tons of old games and specifically like to hang on to um rare copies of things so i've spent in the past hundreds on particular games and I've got a, a very big Nintendo 64 collection but also got the EverDrive for that so I can basically play any N64 game. Um, got some PlayStation games, um, good collection of GameCube and PS2 games and some Xbox games, um, obviously Dreamcast as well. Yeah so I, I've been collecting for a while and um, I think if you're a collector this sort of stuff doesn't impact you quite as much as, as I said, because I've got uh, Soul Calibur and I'm able to play it on the Dreamcast. But yeah, if if you are um, more into modern media, modern consoles, then yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a kicker, really. Um, and I, for a long time, I resisted the uh, the change to digital. I was I was all for getting my games physically and generally speaking I still lean towards physical if it's a game I really want I'll get it physically yeah yeah but uh, I think for the list especially um, it's been really useful just getting things off the digital stores um, because one of one of the logistical things that we face is obviously when we're recording we have to have the game in time for recording and if you can just download it digitally did digitally <laughs> then uh that solves that issue because you can just download it there and then whereas if you're um if you got to buy the game beforehand you've got postage you've got arrival you've got to then set things up and it can be a bit cumbersome um so yeah i'm slowly 
I wouldn't say converting, but I'm more open to the idea of digital now than I ever have been. Um, but I don't think anything's ever going to replace physical media for me. So yeah, I think I think you got a point, and yeah, it's it's just a shame for something like Soul Calibur, which actually, as we'll get into, I was really pleasantly surprised by, um, and it and it's a shame that a game like this is trapped on the Dreamcast um, in this day and age. So yeah, I'm sure we'll get into it more though. Yeah, definitely. It, it's particularly a game that's in the top five as well. It's. Um... Yeah, it, it it is wild, and like you say, that the, the Dreamcast was a good system, but it just, yeah, it, it never went anywhere, did it? It was um, the last nail in Sega's coffin, really. But speaking of uh, you being pleasantly surprised by this game, do you want to talk us through what the what the background is to this game or what the story is? Because this is the first Soul Calibur game, but this isn't the first game in the in the Soul series. Soul series, yeah. So I think that I think the first game is Soul Edge. Correct. Isn't it? Um, yeah, uh, I don't actually know that much about the story. So, um, as far as I know, so I, I know a bit about the story for Soul Calibur. Um, basically, there are two swords um, that are Soul Calibur, and from what I could glean from the mode that I played, um, there was a pirate who <laughs> who had both swords. And um, one of the characters kind of was able to destroy one of the swords. And then a second character had to come along and finish off the pirates. And then a third character came along and stole the second sword. So it's all about these swords and this story about these swords. But as with fighting games, all of the characters have got their own personal arcs. And um, they're all quite unique in that way. But yeah, that that's really about all I know about the story. I don't know if you can fill in any gaps for me. Yeah, it, it, it's about um, it's about getting this sword, isn't it? And some people just want to do it for glory. Other people want to do it for for whatever reason, um, you know, like justice or or, or, or power. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of like a competition to to who can can get this sword. Very much the same as like Tekken is a is a tournament. Um, this this seems to be the case as well, and with this game, from because like like we said, I've not experienced as much of this game as you have. That it's um, the way it's set up is that you go through the the levels and you fight. I think it's seven seven people, and then you fight a rival to whatever character is that you're that you're playing as. And then after that, you fight Inferno, who is the final boss. Is that right? Um, so I I played primarily in the mission mode. Yeah. Um, and I played a little bit of the arcade mode just to see where it was. And it is your typical sort of arcade structure where you're fighting fight after fight. And there's not much going on in between. And yeah, you kind of, uh, it gets more difficult as you go along. So I played a bit, I played a, a bit of that. I played primarily in mission mode. And I also played um, the very, very extensive practice mode which I thought was great um, which teaches you timings you can set it up a certain way so that the enemy is always attacking you therefore you can improve your defense um, you can um, get mastery of the moves so f I'll go into it in more detail but you might want to um, have moves that knock down an enemy and you want to practice those um, it's, a, it's a great practice mode probably the best of any of the fighting games that we've played on this list so far 
Um, and I think generally speaking, it, it I, f- I found that in general about this game. I think it, to me, it's a step above all of the fighting games on the list. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that more, obviously. Yeah, what what I picked up from it is it feels a lot faster than games like Tekken, even Tekken 3. This game feels like it's a little bit faster and it's got a, a quicker pace to it, which was quite nice. And the movement feels a lot more fluid as well. Um, but one of the big changes to this game that you we've not seen in any of the other any of the other fighters is the fact that there are weapons now. Obviously, they're not you know going to cause more damage or anything, yeah, but the characters use weapons which we've not seen in a fighting game that we've played on this list before, have we? No, I don't think so. Um, not not off the top of my head. So that was quite a different thing, and I think that. I think that put a lot of people off because from from reading up on this game and doing a bit of research, it seems like this game was primarily more made for the casual audience rather than, you know, the people that are playing games like Street Fighter, people that are playing competitions like Evo. This seems like it was more made for just casual players. Namco wanted to make a game that was accessible to everyone and that they'd be able to practice it and get better. But it was never really a game that was particularly good well not good but particularly made for competition i guess i would say i mean you you played more of it than i I did what what would you say about that do you pick that up from the gameplay and the way that it's put together i don't know um i i can't speak to that in terms of uh, whether whether or not it was sometimes these games are picked up by um professional players and something just sparks um and sometimes they're not what I will say is that I felt for the gameplay, um, I don't know if it's the way that it teaches you to play it, and I felt more in control of what I was doing. Whereas, I, I'm sure we've mentioned in the past, when playing fighting games, I'm often flailing around and uh, just bashing the buttons. Here, I felt like I had a bit of control over it, and it teaches you to parry and block and stuff like that. And then you've got that great practice mode. And I think the fact that within that practice mode, you can check the timings of each attack. I think it it really lends itself to being a professional game. I don't know if it was picked up or not as that, but I think it's there. I think the depth is there. Um, but I, I don't know whether or not it actually achieved that. Yeah, de- depth is definitely a word that I'd use again from the research that I did on it in terms of the amount of time that you could put into, you know, training yourself up and, you know, really nailing down those moves and those combos. But if we, if we move on to gameplay as King, um, the first question would be, do you think this game's fun? Yeah. Um, I really do. I think, like I said, of all the fighting games we played on the list, it's the one that has gelled with me the most. Um, we've recently played Ninja Gaiden and, I feel like the fighting here feels a lot like that. And one of the things that we really complimented about Ninja Gaiden was how that game feels to play. Fluid. It makes you feel like a ninja. Yeah, very fluid. Lovely animation. Um, and this feels like all, all the good stuff from there in a fighting game. And what you get with the weapons is you get characters with diff- different speeds and you get people with huge swords for example that have really wide um, fields of attack and then you get uh, very quick characters that have 
very limited fields of attack. So you get all the variations. It's a very... So the mission mode that I played, I was surprised. Um, I think I've mentioned again on the... It all blends into one after a little while, as I'm sure you can attest. Um, I, I remember one of the Mortal Kombat games. I think it was um, Mortal Kombat... Deadly Alliance, I think that's what it was called. Um, that was a, a PS2, GameCube, Xbox era uh, Mortal Kombat game. And within that, there was a sort of campaign mode where it was more like an adventure mode and there were bits in between the fights and there were RPG elements. And I was surprised to see that the mission mode was that. And what you get is you get um, story text so before each uh, mission you get story text that kind of grounds it and it says okay your character's entered this place your character's walking through um your character's fought this many traps um has almost reached the exit and then they're caught and they have to fight two characters for example and the mission mode will always give you something in there that means that it's not just a standard fight so first of all it teaches you to um, as I said, block and parry. Um, it teaches you to do counter-attacks. It teaches you to... Um, there's one battle where you have to defeat four opponents by flooring them one after the other, um, by grounding them. And if you are grounded um, even once, then you fail it. So it really teaches you to, to use the moves. And I wasn't really challenged to do that in, in the other games and because of that, that kind of layering of the fighting system that it does and the necessity to do that to progress, I found it really jived well with me. Uh, other other objectives within the game, you could be in quicksand and it limits your movements so you'll, you, you move more slowly or you could activate your kind of special mode and with that you are able to attack more quickly or there could be wind blowing across the stage and not only are you fighting your opponent, but you're trying to um, not be blown off the stage. Or the barriers of the stage could be electrified and they bounce you off. And it's just a lot of stuff to make the fighting more interesting. And you couple that with, obviously, these this story text as well. And the fact that you've got unlockables. So you're always unlocking um, artwork. You're unlocking stages. You're unlocking more missions. You're unlocking costumes, you're unlocking modes for playing single player. It's got this really satisfying sort of gameplay loop where you always feel like you're doing something. And, and I'll be completely honest, this is the only fighting game on the list that I feel like I would play outside of the list. Um, so that's a real big compliment there. So yeah, that's, that's a bit of an overview, but also the fact that I do think it's enjoyable. Um, how about you? From what I did play... I think that yeah, this this game this game is fun, but obviously my my take on that's really 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 limited. I'd say like the most limited it could be, and it's the most limited that I've ever been able to give of an opinion since doing this podcast. But I think from what I played, the the combat seemed like we say fluid, which is fun, and it makes me wish that I could have played more of it because. It seemed not like something I'd get into because I'm not massively into these kind of games, but there was a lot to it which seemed like it was wasn't just part and parcel, you know, 
arcade fighter. Like yeah. you said, you know, you've got quicksand to fight with. You've got electric fences that will bump you around. You've got challenges. You've got um, you've got the ring out feature in this game as well, haven't you? Which um, yeah. which was quite a big deal. Fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, from my limited overview, I'd say I'd say yes. What I did play was fun, and I liked it. Um, but I suppose that brings us to what what was your favourite move? If you can nail one down. I, I actually say so that there are more characters than this, but initially you start off with, I think it's nine or ten characters, and you can unlock a further nine or ten characters. I believe that's correct. It could be numbers could be wrong there. Yeah. But I I, I tried the initial lot of characters, all of them, and um, the two that I enjoyed most, and I'm, I've got the names in front of me because uh, I, I'd get it wrong otherwise, frankly, um, is uh, Jinghua. Um, and I also quite liked. I'm probably not going to be able to find him now. <laughs> there was another character that used nunchucks that I quite liked. Let's let's say that. And um, they were they were very quick. And Xinghua has some really good kicks. And I used her mainly. And uh, yeah, it was just it was just getting moves right learning what moves were what and actually having a bit more control over the combat than I felt like I've, I've had in other fighting games. So, yeah, I, I think not a specific move necessarily, but just that added control that I felt like I had. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'll, I'll be honest and say I, I can't really answer this question. <laughs> um, but the, but the uh, ring outs are very cool as well yeah. because sometimes... You can knock someone down and they'll be on the floor, but they'll be half hanging over the edge and they'll just flop out. So actually, the ring outs are pretty fun as well. That was the feature that I was going to say that I like was the ring outs and trying to trying to make ways to make that happen, whether it's a grab and throwing them off or yeah or, or whatever. But yeah, I'd, I'd probably say that. Um, so I even mentioned the grabs. The grabs are really cool as well. I, I want to draw a bit of attention as well to the comparison to other fighters on this list. So we've we've now played Tekken 2 and 3. We've played yep. Street Fighter 4, was it? 3 Alpha, was it? 3 Alpha, that was it. So we've played that. And then have we played any other fighters? Um, we played... Um, Virtua Fighter, did we Virtua play Fighter, Fighter 4. Yeah. Yeah. So we've played a few... Um, We've played a few arcade beat 'em ups, obviously from our difficulty to recollect some more memorable than others. But what would you say the comparison is to uh, with this to other games? Um, and this is this is somewhat linked to the question of the week as well. But how would you compare this to a game like maybe Tekken? And I, I did just say we played Tekken two and three for this list, but we haven't played Tekken two. Uh, it was just I the fact that I like that Tekken game. 3. We've only played Tekken three, haven't we? Yeah. Um, I, I think you, you, you kind of um, alluded to it earlier, which is that I remember specifically um, Street Fighter 3 Alpha was a very, um, I don't know what the word is, it's not simple, but there weren't many options in that game. It was, okay, here's the game, here's the difficulty, you can run through um, the arcade mode. Yeah. And that's that's it, and I felt like all of them did that. I really wanted you get it a bit more nowadays, but you did get it historically as well in the odd game. 
I wanted a proper sort of um, career mode or campaign mode, and that's what that's what Soul Calibur had. So that's what I was looking for. So there are a bunch of options in the menu, and I've probably not uh, even touched on them all. And then there's this mission mode, which is just full of variety. Every single mission is different. Then you've got the fact that it's all really nicely presented. The um, the mission mode takes place on a map, um, and basically you unlock missions, but you actually have to na navigate around the map to move to the missions. So it's not just a oh click um, click A or whatever it is to advance or X to advance. It's you actually have to engage with this sort of thing in it, and it yeah, it was just that extra layer that I feel like all the other games have lacked. Um, but as I say, I'm I'm looking at it not as a fighting game fan. I'm looking at it as a as a player that, generally speaking, like single player games, and I do like my campaigns. Therefore, I was looking for that in it. Um, so I think that's the biggest departure here, um, and I think all those other games, as you mentioned, they kind of blend together in my head. So, whereas I think I remember this one. That 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 kind of leads on to my question of the week, which I think you might have somewhat answered, is why do you think this game is number four above any of the others that we've played so far on the list? Everything about it, for me, again, I feel like I do have to clarify this, is, is that I'm not a fighting game fan, so I'm not looking for that kind of professional level play. But everything, for me, felt a layer above everything else mm. in the list that I've seen. Um, from the menus, um, the intro cutscene, graphically it's really nice for a Dreamcast game um, and s still holds up surprisingly well. The uh, the arenas are great, full of imagination and just um, all very different from each other, different shapes um, and then in the mission mode you've got all the elements that you kind of are fighting against as well. And then you've got the mission mode, which is separate from the arcade mode. Then the practice mode, which is really good. Um, a really great roster of characters. Um, really good music as well. Not something that I haven't mentioned yet. The music is really good. Yeah, I was um, going to mention the music that I heard was very was very apt and very suitable. Some of it was quite memorable, I felt. I think this is one of the games. So when people talk about the Dreamcast... Um, there are a small subsection of games that are just elite games on there. Some have aged better than others. Some are more available than others. Um, for a long time, a lot of these games were trapped on the Dreamcast. So the Shenmue games were trapped on the Dreamcast. Um, Shenmue 2 did release on the Xbox, but Shenmue 1 was trapped on the Dreamcast. Um, and this was one of those games that was a real heavy hitter for the Dreamcast and it was it's, it's still trapped on there and there's a reason those people who know uh remember the dreamcast so fondly and this is one of those games and it's just a bit special it feels to me i, I can't quite it's just got that i don't know if you call it love it's got that extra polish and shine and maybe it is that extra polish and shine that makes it appealing to more casual players. Maybe it is that. But I think that places it above other games on the list, um, in my opinion. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fair enough. I, I feel 
I feel with this episode, it's um, it's quite one-sided because it's really me asking <laughs> asking you to explain your thoughts you and interview me about that. yeah a little bit, which is a really weird kind of way to do things because we're not used to this. Um, something else that when when you were talking there it made me think of, and it, it's probably not similar at all, but it made me draw a comparison. I remember playing um, Super Mario Melee on the GameCube um, when I was younger. Oh, yeah. And that's primarily a it's a brawler, isn't it? But there are elements yeah. in in that game where you know there were things like okay, so you're playing as a character that you usually fight with, but you can run through this little maze and shoot the targets, or there Very were very lo- similar actually. Yeah, it's like a challenge mode. Yeah, challenge game, mode. Yeah. And you speaking there made made me think of that challenge mode from from melee. Um, I, I don't know how comparable it is because I've not tried it but um, it, it just made me think of that when you were talking about it just then which I thought was interesting so yeah. overall then going into our our little wrap up what what do you reckon do you think this game deserves its place on the top 100 I think it absolutely deserves to be on the list um, to be honest, I don't even know if I'd challenge where it is, only because as someone who isn't a big fighting fan, I don't know if I'm well-placed to challenge mm-hmm. its position on the list. Yeah. And I didn't see anything within the game that made me think, oh, as a fighting game, this deserves to be lower. Yeah. Um, so actually, the, the fact is, the list is not my list. It's it's the list. It's the list. Yeah, uh, according to average, averages based on reviews, and ultimately, ten games had to fill out that top ten. And and I feel like this game makes a strong argument as to why it should be there. So I'm I'm not against it being where it is. If it was dropped a bit lower, that's fine by me as well. Um, But I do think it's probably in the in the top part of the list. That's um, fair enough. Um, all I'll say is that the demo was good. <laughs> um, but yeah. you, you know, I I think I would. I'm not going to go out of my way to play this game. Um, oh, bear with me. I'm just setting up my uh my my old laptop and it's just started talking to me. Um, but yeah, it, this isn't a game that I'll go out of my way to, to you know get into and play. But I wouldn't be against playing it if the opportunity came up someday you know it, i probably will dip back into this game that's mm. that's how much i i i enjoyed it yeah that, well that's high praise it's not not really your kind of game is it so that's no it's not my genre that's not a my positive game, really, so. so yeah that's uh that's soul caliber a bit of a weird episode because i've hardly played the game but um yeah that's that's another one down so what have we got coming up next time please um, we've alluded to it a few times. I think we revealed it last, we last did. week as well. Um, so in two weeks' time, we have Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, so look forward to that. And also, uh, we're, we're in the, the final part of the list now, and you uh, mentioned your problems um, picking this game up, but there are some games that weren't even released in this region. We are obviously in the European PAL region. Um, so... Yeah, some of them are going to be interesting going forward and we may have to come up with some solutions as to how we're going to play these games, but watch this space. Yeah, we'll get there. But uh, yeah, I think MGS5 is coming out in two weeks, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's correct. Superb. So, as always, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at the Long and Short of It podcast on all social media. We're at the Long and Short of It podcast at hotmail.com. And in fact, I was going to talk to you about this off air, but I, I don't know what your thoughts are. I, it's just come back to me. I forgot to mention it earlier. But I was thinking of setting up maybe a Discord um, for listeners of the podcast that want to throw in their own ideas for games that we should play post 100. Um, yeah, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good way of communication. We, you know, we always throw our email out there, and we occasionally get stuff. Um, but to write an email is a bit long, isn't it? Whereas a lot of people have Discord. So um, maybe we'll look into that and release a bit more information about it when we come to MGS Five. Um, but yeah, so that's Soul Calibur. Next time it'll be MGS Five. We'll see you then. But in the meantime, take care. Cheerio. See you on the next one.